So the title of today's message is Victory. And uh, if I was to subtitle it, I would subtitle it in two ways. Firstly, pursuing victory's finish line would be the first subtitle. And the second subtitle would be Victory is Imminent. Victory is Imminent. See, church, I have a sense in my spirit as things have developed over the last few weeks, and God has just been showing me some, some things about the times we find ourselves in. And He's made me aware of certain moments, especially in the services where He is ministering His encouragement in particular to His people. And so we do not want to miss out on the fullness of what he has for us as his children as we enter this new season that he has prophesied. And so to create a little bit of context, it was about two weeks ago when, when John started spontaneously ministering after praise and worship or during praise and worship towards the congregation where he started to minister and he said words such as this, you are the head, not the tail. You are strong in the Lord. He prayed into weariness and financial breakthrough, and he declared the victory of the Lord over God's people. And you know, God is so good and faithful. At the very same time, I kid you not, I started typing on my phone as my heart was thinking about today and as everything going on. And I wrote these words down. God is not withholding his blessing from his people. There's an element amongst us that believe that God has forsaken us. And the words I wrote is, God is not withholding his blessing from his people. See with the eyes of your spirit man, not the eyes of your flesh. His blessing is upon you. And it was so special that even last week, Dr. Peter Fury shared a word, including a declaration of imminent victory. And I believe the Lord wants to share with us around that area today. So the picture I got out of all of this in terms of the well-being of God's people at this moment in time or, or this period of time is that this season of battle has been long. God's people seem to have tired from the struggle. And as battles ebbs and, and flows, There's been a weariness and a bruising, and some have even become injured. For some sense, there's an element of being shell-shocked. The picture there is of like a war movie where there's a hand grenade or a bomb or something that goes off, and you're stunned, and you can't hear, and you are disorientated, and you can't find your place. You're just wafting all over the place. 
And you know, battle is a terrible, terrible thing. But when we go into Scripture, we see that battle plays a prominent part throughout the Bible. And so it does not help we become like ostriches and stick our head in the sand. It's just that we should realize that there are different elements of our walk with the Lord, including the family of God, the war, the battle that we face. There's different, and you need to see the big picture. And it's like the Lord is pushing pause just for a moment, and He is gathering us into the parade ground, and He is wanting to encourage us to finish strong. And it's like the Holy Spirit is wanting to minister hope and strength into each and every one of us so that we can see this battle through this season. Because I believe there's battles throughout our lives and throughout the life of the church. We can see it in church history. But this particular season's battle, the line of victory is right there. And I sense it in my spirit. And I believe the Lord is encouraging us today as his people to say, don't grow weary. Be strong in the Lord and finish on the right side of victory's line. So what does this battle look like? Again, just trying to create a little bit of context of, of things. And maybe you, you, some of these things are resonating with you. And you realize, ah, oh, you know, I, I sense that myself. So what does this battle look like? Well, it is firstly a battle for your soul. The devil will do anything to derail your relationship with the Lord. But I do believe that in the season that we find ourselves in, that there is a very strong battle for the soul of our nation. South Africa, the land that we love, the land that God has called us to, each and every one of us are here for a purpose and for a reason. Nobody is here for nothing. And so I get a sense that prophetically at this time that there is a battle for the soul of this nation. And it has been waging for what I believe to be years. And I am saying to you prophetically, brothers and sisters, the victory line is ahead of us. It's ahead of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So what are some of the signs of the battles toll? I mean, some people have just given up on God completely. They've given up on the faith and walked away. For others, maybe this battle has caused your health to be affected in one way or another, and, and you've struggled with your health. Maybe some of you have struggled with financial difficulties, and we know that some people have struggled individually with financial difficulties, but so has the nation. I mean, just news, the world's news, not God's news, but the world's news this week says we are in a recession. We need to see things the way God sees things, and that is what today's word is all about. In terms of another sign of this battle's toll is, is a breaking down of relationships across many sectors. Marriages have been affected, friendships, 
In our country, race relations are strained and, and probably at the worst it's been for a very, very long time. And these are all the physical tolls of the spiritual battle that is waging in the spirit realm and its outflow affects us and we see its toll around us. So God has been encouraging us of late to finish this battle and to finish it strong. Why? So we don't carry whatever is unnecessary or unclean into this next season he has for us as his people. You know, we need to take God at face value when he says we're entering into a new season. It is a new season. It's not a new season with part of the bad coming with us. That needs to stay behind. And I believe the word of God in Joshua 6, verse 18 to 19, where it talks about the battle of Jericho, there was an instruction given to the Israelites, which I believe is an instruction to us today as well. And it says, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things. In other words, once Jericho had fallen, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And I believe the instruction from the Lord to us as the body of Christ today is that when victory has been achieved, that we do not carry all the unclean things into this next season that he is calling us into. We only take that which is good and consecrated to him. So my question to you today is, how are you doing? Child of God, how are you doing in terms of the battles of life, in terms of thinking corporately as the body of Christ? How are you doing? Are you maybe in need of some encouragement today? I believe the Lord by His Holy Spirit is most willing to encourage His people today. Can you also have a sense that breakthrough is imminent and that there is a new season that is awaiting us, not far down the line. Not far down the line. So the Lord wants to encourage his people today, which brings me to point number one. Stand up straight and march in unison. You are not the walking wounded. The Lord is saying to you that you are far stronger in Him than what you could possibly ever imagine. And the, the title of this particular point I got from a, a, a book I'm reading at the moment. It's not from a professed Christian, but it's, it's called 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote to Chaos. And I actually, because the entire book is written about society and the antidote to, to the chaos we find ourselves in. But absolutely everything in the book and the solutions provided are referenced from the Bible itself. To the point where I actually want to write to the author and say, listen, dude, aren't you actually born again? 
Because I, I, haven't, I haven't seen him profess it publicly. Yet everything I see in terms of creating an antidote to the chaos we find ourselves in today is referenced from the Bible. And you see, as a born-again believer, when I think of stand up straight and march in unison, I'm thinking about putting my shoulders back, being courageous, being full of hope, being not full of fear, and understand we live in and fight the good fight in Jesus' name. So stand up straight. The point here is that we may seem wounded, and we might see some of us around wounded, spiritually speaking, but the reality is we can choose to be defeated, or we can come to the revelation in Jesus that we are a people of courage. And we are. I declare it over the people of the Lord today. You are courageous, and you can finish strong. We can be fearless and confident in Him, because it is a privilege of ours as children of the Most High God. The Word says in Romans 8 verse 37, Yet in all these things, all these things, we are, say it with me, more than conquerors through Him who has loved us. In Romans 8 verse 11 it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Do these verses sound like it's speaking of a people who are defeated, who are weary, and who are discouraged. Definitely not. I don't see it that way. So stand up straight with your shoulders back and be proud to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. The next aspect of this particular point is that we are to march in unison. So let me ask you this. Do you accept that when you give your life to Jesus, you become part of the family of God, the body of Christ, the church? If you know that you are part of the family of God, raise your hand. Raise your hand. There we go. You know. Well, in Matthew 16, from verse 13 to 19, where Jesus was in Caesarea in Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am, the son of man, who I, the son of man, am? And eventually... They give him an answer, and then Jesus says to Peter, well, who do you say I am? And Jesus, uh, Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I mean, have you ever read that scripture with a perspective that it is full of warfare terminology? I don't know if you have, but I came to the realization that it speaks of a rock which is solid, unmoving, secure, 
and a firm foundation. And the gates, which is referencing the gates of hell, tells me the church is on the offensive and by no means on the defensive. And on top of it, we have the promise because the enemy's actions and attempts are completely futile to defend his gates because the word of the Lord says the gates of hell shall not prevail. So to me, that scripture has got a very big warfare undertone to it or tone to it. And we need to realize that. So church, I want us to come to the realization that we are on the winning side. And do you accept, child of God, that being part of this family means that you've been enlisted into God's army? I remember when I was growing up as a young man, especially in Sunday school, we used to sing all these old songs about being in the army of God. And uh, it is something that over, over time has, well, for whatever reason, has, has maybe waned a little bit. But we need to realize that there is also the family of God. There is the army of God. There are so many different aspects of the church and the body of Christ that we need to take cognizance of and that we need to see the full picture. So we see in 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 to 4 that we are enlisted into God's army. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 1 to 5, it reads, and it's almost like opposites, because Paul is talking about warfare, and at the same time, he, he is coming in from a position of pleading and begging. And it's something to be, to be noted in the text. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who, is in, the, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, we need to understand that we are the family of God. And in unity, nothing but nothing can stand in the way of the bride of Christ as they soldier on towards the gates of hell, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We need to realize that it is a call on us as the body of Christ to take the kingdom forward. And God has equipped us and empowered us by His Spirit to be able to take the task. But we have a responsibility towards each other to take care of each other. You see, in this battle that we're involved in, unless God calls you to be with Him in His glory in heaven, as long as you are here, we have a responsibility to take care of one another. And in this battle of life that we find ourselves in, 
As the body of Christ, we leave nobody behind. And so I want you to take the opportunity to turn to the person next to you, look at them with a happy look and a smile in your eyes, and say to them, we are in this together. And I have your back. Amen. Point number two. Accept that the victory is yours in Him. Now, the Lord is busy encouraging the body of Christ here today regarding the season of battle we find ourselves in. But I would like to speak right now to a specific type of individual. And maybe that type of individual is you. And if it is you, well, just accept it because God wants to give you a promise today. So, Don't be one of those who just won't believe that God has good planned for your life. Because God does. You know all the truths about the victory and that you have victory in Jesus' name. But we all get overwhelmed. But for some of us, we live with a defeated mindset. And I believe God wants to bring release from that defeated mindset today in Jesus' name. That defeated mindset, that woe is me kind of uh, thinking isolates yourself, which is exactly where the enemy wants you to be. Don't be like that. Draw near. Get close to your brothers and sisters in the faith. We are in this battle together. Don't get isolated. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you future and a hope. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first most important uh, victory that takes place is the victory of your heart when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, all of heaven rejoices. But do you know that Jesus faced a fear? I shared on this last time or sometime back when I spoke, that when Jesus faced a fear, and regardless of his fear, he overcame that fear because his obedience to Father and understanding the call on his life was bigger. And so Jesus, as much as he prayed to Father to let the cup pass him by in the midst of his battle, set the example for us to see our battles through. Jesus saw his battle through to the end. So whomever is in him may live in victory. Amen. 1 John 5 verse 4 to 5 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I want to add there, our faith in Jesus Christ. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so I'll draw it to a close with point number three, which is a brief one. What are we to do at this time? What are we to do at this time, the place where we find ourselves at in terms of this battle? So the first thing I want to say to you, it's clear in Ephesians 6 verse 12 that we know our enemy. 
We are not fighting each other or any flesh or blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. And we have the victory. We know who our enemy is. We know also that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And we have at our disposal the full armor of God as it's put to us in Ephesians 6. We need to continue this battle. We need to continue this fight because the the season of this battle's finished line, you can see it. I can see it. I sense it in my spirit that we are very close. Now's not the time to falter and fall. We need to continue the fight. Watchman Nee wrote, and he was a persecuted Chinese minister who spent the last 20 years of his life in prison. And in prison he wrote, he said, outside of Christ I am weak. In Christ I am strong. Outside of Christ I cannot. In Christ I am more than able. Outside of Christ I have been defeated. But in Christ I am already victorious. We need to take care of each other. As I've mentioned in Ephesians 6 verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, asking earnestly in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, my real close is this. It's been spoken of two or three times in this meeting. I think maybe I'm the third, third one to men- mention it. But I believe it has real prophetic significance. The It's Time prayer meeting with Angus Buchan on the 27th of October 2018, I believe will be a watershed victory for many, many people. But it will also be a watershed victory for the soul of this nation. So I want to encourage you believers, prioritize this event. Don't miss it with anything you can. Be there. Be there. I encourage you to be there. Prioritize it. In the spirit, I want to prophesy that this event, that this date in time, is this current battle's victory line. And it's around the corner. It's around the corner. So let us finish strong, brothers and sisters. Let us finish strong. The Lord is encouraging his army today, and we are a part of that army. Won't you stand with me as we close in prayer? Father, I want to thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you you reveal the times and the seasons that we find ourselves in. I believe that in terms of this message, you have been very clear in terms of the season and the time and the battle we find ourselves in. And at the same time, Lord, you are very clear that you want to encourage your people today. So I wanna declare over the people of God today, be full of courage, stand up straight. The Lord is by your side. What have you got to fear? The victory is already yours because of Christ. Receive it and make it your own. Make it personal. And let's cross the victory line in strength and in confidence 
In Jesus' name, I pray over your people that they would have a good week, Lord, until we get back together again next week. I thank you for your blessing upon us, your protection upon us, and your guidance upon us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.